0: yourself. I got an interesting email. And it was from a
2: woman who said that her husband was just slipping all the time and she didn't know if she should just give up on the relationship. Well, you know, that's always a toughie because that is the partner's choice. Does she give up or does she get healthier detach from his behaviors and make sure she stays safe and um, secure. And by that, I mean, you know, maybe they decide not to have sex because she doesn't know if he's going to bring something home. Maybe she increases the polygraph test so that she can know for a fact that he's being honest. And the, on the other side of that, the healthier side, maybe she increases her own intentional self-care and creates a life separate from him in a healthy way that's fulfilling and that makes her feel good about her existence. Now that can feel insurmountable when you're in this at the beginning. But if you've been in a couple coupleship As the partner or the addict, and you have tried and tried and tried, and nothing seems to be going as it should, I definitely believe there's three possibilities. One is, as an addict, you may need more intensive help, and that means you get yourself into residential treatment and really stabilize your behavior. Or two you may need some medication that decreases the urges and the cravings. Now, wouldn't that be nice if we could get all addiction those kinds of medications? But on occasion, that really can be something that helps somebody who keeps slipping, is you need to bump up your recovery. You're not working a strong enough recovery program. I promise you, I don't even know you, but if you're slipping and sliding all over the place, whether you're married or not, you're not working a strong enough recovery program. And so what do you need more of? Do you need more meetings? Do you need a stricter sponsor? Do you not have a sponsor? Do you need to check in with men in the fellowship every single day? and hold yourself accountable for your own behavior, this is not judgmental. This is what you may need to get healthy. Just like a partner who is depending on her husband's recovery to be healthy needs to find more of a blueprint for her life. And, Bonnie, I should say that, right? because I have a woman coming on the show, Dr. Pamela Girale, and she created a blueprint for the human spirit. Contacted me and said, you know, I want you to know that I've listened to your podcast and I think that maybe the people that you're working with should do a dance, so to speak, and work their recovery, but also work their potential. And I thought to myself what Patrick Carnes had said um, as he was training us back in 2007. He said, you make sure that you work with that sex addict to get a strong recovery program going, but in addition to that, you make sure that they are thinking about how they can make their life more of a legacy. What can they do to increase their sense of who they are and feel good about themselves? And Dr. Jurali is going to be talking about her own life-changing experience that started her on this journey. And she's going to be talking about what you can do to develop a blueprint. She's really quite an interesting woman, and um, she considers us a spiritual guide. And we know in that third phase of partner betrayal and in that fourth step of sex addiction, it all involves spiritual healing, if you will where you really look at your core issues and decide how are you going to transform your life? What are you going to do? And this woman's going to talk to us about how do you how do you find that? Now she has a spiritual blueprint and she's going to talk about how you can access that. And you know, she's a woman who is willing to share her life with you and talk about um, how she applied it to her life and it changed her and how it can change yours. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm not only a mental health therapist for 42 years now, I'm a life coach and I really do believe in this. I believe that's what post-traumatic is all, growth is all about. I believe that that is what Dr. Carnes talked about, our guru, when he said, When these folks get healthy, make sure you take them to that next level. And they deserve it. And that's how they'll fully actualize is when they decide what they might do to really look at their life, find out how to give back, and how to, if you will, realize that they have made meaning out of this chaos, and there is nobody more than you and I that know how much chaos has come from addiction, and I always say I am the beacon of hope for you all. If you do the right things, not only can you learn how to survive, you can learn how to thrive, and you deserve it, your family deserves it, whether you're the addict or the partner, And um, the world deserves it because I really believe from the get-go, I was trained to believe that it only took one person to change a marriage and to make it healthier. And I promise you, it only takes you and your intention to begin to live the life you deserve. So I'm very excited to have her on we found out that we are in the same city right now. We had a tornado this morning that touched down and skipped over our entire um, county. That was pretty exciting. I got to meet some of my neighbors that I've never met because I'm on the ground floor, and everybody started contacting me saying, "Hey, can I come over?" And I was like, "Absolutely!" You know, what can I fix? A coffee, uh, a mimosa? What, what do you need? <laughs> Actually, nobody drank coffee or mimosas, but it was that hospitality of whatever you need, I'm here for you, and I know you would do the same for me. And that's that's what we've got to give each other, right? We've got to give it to ourselves, and then we've got to give it to other people. So that being said, um, I am excited to hear what Dr. Pamela has in store for us. Um, she's written a new book. We'll talk about that. But first, I want to hear about that blueprint for the human spirit. So, Dr. Jarali, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach.
0: Thank you, Carol. I am delighted to be with you today, and I hope that the sound is working. It sounds beautiful. Can you hear me? How am I? Okay, you. perfect. <laughs> Thank you. And yes, that was quite an exciting morning. Talk about chaos and uh, (laughs) a little fear there, Uh, but I am so thrilled to be with you to share what I have learned on my sacred journey as I have tried to become more aware and how I believe that it can help everyone because the blueprint for the human spirit isn't just something I dreamed up. It is something that was given to me from a higher source and something that has transformed my life from the inside out. And so I would love to share a little bit about the blueprint and how it evolved. If you're Well,
2: okay, uh, I wanna ready
0: for tell that. Yeah, tell us what the blueprint is <laughs>
2: for the human spirit. And how you did decide to develop it.
0: Yes. Well, the blueprint is a new kind of a paradigm or model for conscious, compassionate living, for authentic living, something that helps us uh, to promote, like, self-discovery and bring ourselves into alignment with the truth of our being. And when I talk about the truth of our being – I'm talking about our spiritual essence. We may have this physical body with all these physical needs, but we are spiritual beings, and our body is the temple for that. And how we treat the body, how we uplift the body is uh, important in our ability to fully embrace and express essence, the truth of our being. Of course, we have, uh, beside the physical, we have uh, a mental capacity, emotional, intuitive, spiritual, and and there are a lot of others. But I focus on those five aspects of life. And so this blueprint provides guidance because it helps us uh, kind of focus in on one aspect of our life at a time and then see how it fits with the whole. And the most beautiful thing about it is that it is for everyone because it's compatible with ancient teachings and new science, Eastern philosophy and Western psychology. It's not dogma, but it is about our inner landscape, about our spiritual makeup. And so in that vein, it is something that is relevant for people from all walks of life, from all faiths and belief systems and i believe it's something that can help everyone because we're here on this journey to learn and we certainly showed up on planet earth without a set of instructions and to me uh, the blueprint one step at a time as it evolved answered all my questions about why who i am and why i am here and where i came from and how i get back there and I mean, just those universal questions that we all have and those questions on our quest to discover who we are can help us because in the process of learning about ourselves, then we can bring our actions and our thoughts and our beliefs and our behaviors all into alignment with that truth of our being. So it's really important. Now, the blueprint – yes, I'm sorry.
2: Well, I was going to ask you to walk back for a second because you mentioned those areas, and I'm writing them down as we speak.
0: So will you go over them again? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, The blueprint is, uh, in its conceptual form, takes the shape of a matrix. And there are five dimensions that I focus on. The physical, which is the body and doing, the intellectual, mind, thinking, emotional, heart, feeling, intuitive, kind of gut knowing, and spiritual, soul, being. And the soul, spiritual part is like the sum total of all other aspects of our of our life, all those other dimensions kind of merge together into that sacred whole. Now, there is also five fields of existence that I address. The first one is energetic, like the quantum field. The second Mm -hmm. is personal, how we focus inward on ourselves because we have to take care of ourselves, you know, and then in the social field, we express and share ourselves with others. And then we are part of the global whole and the final dimension or the final field of existence is that eternal realm where we know we are eternal beings and we kind of show up as that essence. So those, um, if you take five times five, you get 25 cells in this matrix or 25 boxes that we can focus in on and learn something about ourselves in each of those areas. Now I pretty much, Start first with the self realm and, of course, the energetic. We're all energetic beings. But I focus on the self because we can only change ourselves. And if we focus first on our own needs and, what, and learn what we need to learn and make commitments to change our lives and whatever, we can do more for ourselves, for the whole world, than if we try to fix things out there. In fact, uh, Dr. David Hawkins said to become more conscious is the greatest gift that anyone can give to the world. And so that's why I focus mostly on helping individuals to become their best self. And I believe the blueprint is this beautiful tool to help do that because it certainly helped me and it's helped my clients and it has helped my readers And so I am committed to sharing the Blueprint. In fact, the Blueprint is my passion and my purpose. It's why I'm here. And I know that it was given to me because I have a couple special skills. Um, And so I would like to just share a little bit about how the Blueprint evolved, and I think it will make a little more sense to you. I was raised in a very – Yes, I was raised in a very small town, in a very Uh conservative home, in a very fundamental religion, and it was very narrow. I think I had the world view about the size of a pea. (laughs) So my, my life was very, very limited when I was younger, and it was very fearful because
2: Oh boy, it looks like she dropped. So I know she's gonna come right back on, and that's a okay. That can happen. This is an unstable um, oh, what atmosphere right now because of that tornado that came through. This happened to several reporters that um, were reporting on what they had experienced by going through the tornado. So. I'm going to get her right back on, and she should be
0: here right now. There you go. (laughs) I am so sorry. Um, Okay. So anyways, I was telling you about my background and how it's relevant to what happened to me and how the blueprint evolved. And certainly my Mm -hmm. life was very narrow, and it was very negative because I was, beat up by religion you know I, I kind of one of those victims of religious abuse because everything was so negative and I believe that any faith or any teaching that uh, makes you fear God or uh, dislike yourself is not in your best interest so I um, left it all behind when I went to college so I went from being this this very naive little girl in this very narrow uh, home and community to being uh, into a career of nursing and public health. And I left everything religious behind. In fact, I didn't know the difference between religion and spirituality at that time, but I just pursued my career. I loved what I was doing. I worked for uh, the American Cancer Society. I was the program director for Prevent Blindness America. I had big jobs. It was really wonderful. A lot of leadership opportunities. I learned how to work with people a lot better because I was used to doing everything myself. But I, so I became kind of a perfectionistic workaholic and I pushed myself Mm -hmm. so hard. It was almost like my parents had, ex- had very high expectations for us, and I internalized all of those to the point where I became this perfectionistic workaholic. And it was through my last position as the program director for Prevent Blindness America, I had the opportunity to go to the Center for Creative Leadership in Greensboro, North Carolina. And there, we did visioning and journaling, and we worked with change partners And we did nature walks and and looked at the symbolism of things, worked with artists and social workers and actors, and it was amazing. When I went back to work, I realized that my job was no longer compatible with my new vision. And so I quit my job. (laughs) I left it all behind to pursue a spiritual path. And fortunately, wow. I had the luxury of doing that because my, I was newly married and, and I didn't have to worry about paying the bills. But mm-hmm. I mean, everything changed. It was like that was my pivotal moment. And I think when we want to change our lives, it's some puzzle. It's like we have to come to a crossroad where we make a choice and we can move forward or we can stay on that old path and uh, continue in old patterns so I, my life took a new turn and in the process i became a spiritual junkie and i read everything i could read and i went to all these workshops and all these oh holistic workshops and uh, you know i just tried everything and every time someone said oh this is what you do follow my path i would try things And it just wasn't quite feeling right and it wasn't working for me. So one day I had, um, I was awakened. Actually, it was one middle of the night I was awakened and information started flowing in. I began receiving these divine downloads. And it began with a simple mind-body-spirit triangle and it grew Mm -hmm. and grew and grew. And all the concepts and ideas came with it. And I would lay in bed and this stuff would flow in. And about an hour and a half later, I couldn't hold any more in my mind. So I'd get up and I'd enter it into my computer. And with the words and concepts and ideas, I also received like sacred geometry, like it started with a triangle, then it kept growing and growing and evolving. Every, every time... I would receive information. I would be given opportunities in my life to apply that and to learn from that and to change how I viewed things. Every time I made a shift in my perception in how I viewed my life, what was happening to me, what was happening in the world, and integrated a new way of thinking, a positive way of thinking, more information flowed in. So Mm -hmm. Within six months, I was, I received divine downloads three or four days a week for six months. And it just kept growing into this beautiful guide that, you know, helped me learn and grow and to discover more about who I am and why I'm here. And so this beautiful gift is something that I am paying it forward, sharing with the world, because it had such a powerful impact on me. And the other thing that happened while all this was occurring was I realized I was intuitive. Well, if you're a scientifically trained as a nurse or in the healthcare field or whatever, intuitive uh, information isn't something you can really Oh, except very easily because it's so foreign. It was, I was very logical and rational. And so I was concerned about that because I was raised with fear, you know, in that unholy trinity of guilt, shame, and fear uh, from my youth. And it was still kind of hanging on there. And so I was fearful about what I was receiving and what I was learning—it just—I I almost needed confirmation, but I let that go because one point I said to the universe, I said, "Oh, I need my own guru. You know, I need someone to to tell me if this is right or not, if this is truth or not." And then this voice, this otherworldly voice, said almost out loud—I I mean, it felt like it was out loud—well, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> <laughs> hmm So anyway, I had to, ask, I just had to embrace it. You know, I have, mean uh, weird things like this happen, you know? <laughs> right. So but but you're saying what you're are talking, I, Pamela,
2: you yeah. are talking so quickly. I wanna ask you some questions. Because okay. you are telling oh. your Story. <laughs> That's okay. You're telling your story yes. and my listeners to understand that you know this happened to you and you have some special gifts that personally I believe we all have Um, and you those gifts and you just followed you know your own inner knowing which was your intuition and for our Mm -hmm. listeners for you that may be God for you that may be (laughs) your higher power for you it may be your own intuition but I wonder if he, if if Dr. Pamela could teach you how to listen to that sacred part of yourself. How would your life be different? Because obviously mm. she changed from from one profession into a totally different one. Now, I want to walk you back for one second. You said you okay. read every book you could on the spiritual journey, and so I want to hear about three. Of your favorite authors, and I'm going to see if they're the same as mine.
0: <laughs> well, um, I read so many and favorites. Um, well, I can recall a few moments when my when something hit me like a ton of bricks. And one was I I read Joan Borasenko's book. Um, oh goodness, Money anyway, It was a- uh, no, and, and I'm okay. drawing a blank, but um, she, it was, she is the first time, she has so many, it was the first time I ever heard about religious abuse and mm-hmm. and I cried. I sat there and sobbed because I realized that that is what happened to me. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've read um, all of Wayne Geyer's books and Deepak Chopra books and Conversations with God and, and Carolyn Mace, and uh, I mean, the very first book I read was um, Dan Millman's um, Peaceful Warrior book, and that was a long time ago. I mean, this, the blueprint evolved, the very first part of it evolved back in um, 1995. And so I have been living with this and integrating it and sharing it uh, all these years. But anyway, so there were just a lot of things. And so I think I gleaned a little morsel of something from each of these. But Mm -hmm. as uh, as the blueprint was coming into me, all these little pieces fell into place. I put the puzzle together with, guidance, higher guidance of course. And it made so mm-hmm. much sense to me because the blueprint, uh, if you're kind of left brain, this is beautiful matrix and a lot of ideas and concepts. But it wasn't until six years later that I had another experience and the blueprint totally shifted. So I think that, you know, it started with a, as a very interesting intellectual exercise, but then it became a full-blown experience that I think is critical if we are going to change our lives. It is with experience, with heart and soul experience. So this one one morning early, I was meditating, and I'm not good at that because I'm hyper, And Mm -hmm. uh, But I kind of went into this higher realm very quickly. And in an hour and a half, I experienced a dramatic, life-changing event in the lives of 15 past lives in an hour and a half. I was blown away. And fortunately, Mm -hmm. a friend of mine said when she saw how i was affected by it she said go home and write it down write everything down that you can remember and i did i spent 8 hours just entering everything that i could in my computer what i discovered was that there were 15 there were pr- 15 primary boxes in my matrix at that time that i was working with there was one individual for each of those boxes in my matrix They were men and women and children from all walks of life. They spanned the ages from ancient Mayan times to more early 1900s. And some of them were victims, horribly abused. Some of them tried hard or didn't and failed. And then some of them (laughs) got it. They were able to live consciously and compassionately. And what I realized also is that every one of those people reflected an aspect of my life today. So they're like archetypes. I mean, they may have been my past lives, but they're like archetypes, you know, because there's the slave, and there's the virgin sacrifice and there's the, you know, shaman. And, I mean, there's just so many of them. And every one of them reflected a core shift in consciousness that's relevant for our lives, for us to live optimally, for us to embrace and express our mm-hmm. creative potential, for us to live yes. in harmony with other people and, uh, you know, to create intimacy and for us to be a part of the whole and to leave a legacy of love. I mean, was yeah, the stopped. most, um, wow,
2: right there, because I am sure, seeing <laughs> audience, I want to normalize some of this for my listening audience, if you don't mind. Okay. Because I am yes. sure some of them are scared right now. They're like, oh my gosh, she believes in past lives. Oh my gosh, that's the work <laughs> of the devil. Oh my gosh, my religion told me not to believe that, and mm-hmm. here's what Something else that's very ironic about both of us, um, first of all, my best friend does this work for a living, and so I am very familiar with it. And mm-hmm. I, um, I, uh, I believe in the coaching principle uh, to be open to everything, that it's absolutely okay to be open to everything. And currently, I am reading a book about a little boy. Actually, Wayne Dyer was going to endorse this book, and um, he died before he could endorse it. So mm-hmm. Jack Canfield, mm-hmm. and Jack Canfield mm-hmm. and did the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. He is a, a life coach, and he's yes. an educator. And this little boy, at two years old, although he didn't name Luke Garrick, he started talking to his mother about having having been a tall man once, and he started talking about,
0: as Mm -hmm. he got a little
2: bit older, most people by the time they're six or seven, according to uh, past life researchers that are typically doctors and uh, researchers, say that kids kind of forget about those past lives Mm -hmm. by the time they're six. And so this little, little guy was telling his mom about baseball and that they had to ride on a train and they didn't get to to go on planes mm-hmm. to do that. And they didn't wear helmets, you know. They they wore mm-hmm. metal cleats. And the two-year-old just absolutely wouldn't have the vocabulary for it, let alone right. the knowledge of. And,
1: you know, <laughs> she
2: kept telling her, friends that were religious and they kept saying the very thing that I said to them, my listeners are going to think. They're going to think, oh, I'm scared. I'm scared of this show. I'm scared of Dr. Pam, you know. And (laughs) so I'm going to ask my listeners. And then there's also going to be people that say, oh, I absolutely believe in that or I'm very curious about it. You know, we Mm -hmm. have a whole variety of people that are really exploring lots of different things to find out who they are and what they need. So did you run into that resistance when you started to talk to people about past lives and, and, you know, all the things that go into that? Well,
0: I will say that I had a hard time sharing in the past because I didn't understand it myself at first. And I ended up pursuing a doctorate in holistic health sciences to help me kind of really uh, understand the concepts and ideas a little bit better. And I didn't, didn't really share it with my uh, folks because of their very uh, rigid uh, beliefs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I eventually found a spiritual community that was open to things like this, but mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to share that piece of my experience because I think before we can make a change, when, when we receive information, it, it'll just, you know, if it's a mind thing, it's not going to go far. Unless we experience it in our bodies, unless we feel it, unless we see, hear, taste, touch, know it, uh, it's not going to make a difference. And so I know I had to go through that experience in order for me to fully integrate what I was being taught by God, by whatever source, the higher power. But one of the key things, if I can move on here, it, was that adequate? To answer yeah, I think your, that would have, Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because we all come that's from a different, different backgrounds.
2: I love Go the ahead. fact that you got education to really understand it yourself. It, it, too, was like you knew to be open to it. You knew that you needed more information about it, and so you went mm-hmm. through an educational process. So now, can you do? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, one of the key things that I learned about the blueprint is that almost every issue that we face as humans, as as divine Mm -hmm. humans, because I believe we are both, you know, we're we're divine beings having a human experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the key things is that there is a universal belief in duality or separation. And if we feel that we are separate from maybe our higher self, the essence of our being from others, from God, then that separation creates a whole cascade of fears reactions attachments addictions lessons that we have to learn you know because the universe always helps us out and and mm-hmm. how we process that information and for each of the five dimensions in life i've i've become aware of some of the key fears and reactions and uh, attachments and addictions that result from those. For instance, in the physical dimension, we fear death. I mean, that's survival, what it was all about. And because of that, we fear pain and lack and whatever that that can lead to death. We react and and respond with... uh, perhaps greed, jealousy, whatever, we become attached to money, material possessions, to having the perfect body and job, and ultimately, we learn to trust. We learn to trust ourselves, we learn to trust others, we learn to trust the universe so that we can accept who we are, we can transcend challenges, we can learn how to thrive and live vitally and abundantly, and ultimately, you know, realize that we are immortal beings because this life is just a temporary little learning opportunity for us. So that is like an example. Um, in the mental dimension, we, you know, don't like to be betrayed or criticized because we have pride. Uh, our little egos get hurt Um, And so we might respond with uh, perhaps like intolerance or lack of acceptance of other information. We maybe close our minds and we get attached to our own position, what we know, what we believe is right. And only through hope and and a positive uh, potential outcome do we become aware and, and have greater understanding. So. That is like the uh, mental dimension. In the emotional, we fear rejection and disrespect and abandonment and respond, you know, perhaps with anger and grief. We become attached to people, to praise. You know, we seek love and and, uh, compassion. And unless we can forgive things that happen and learn how to uh, be, uh, vulnerable and be a part of something, then we we will never find a sense of peace and happiness in our lives. I mean, there's more, you know, but those are some of the things. And so I believe that for every fear that we have, we do our best, ego at least, does its best to overcome fear through um, attachments and addictions because we Really want to know oneness with God and with our higher self, with our, the truth of our being. And we don't know how to do that. Or we, so we have these substitutes that we uh, pursue to help, uh, you know, feed the ego and to uh, make it feel a little bit better. So that is how one of the things that the blueprint revealed to me that we go through this process of with fears and separation until we finally through lessons uh, releasing and shifting practices with our intention then can find truth and oneness with all that is so that was that was a cool lesson
2: well I really really love that now let me ask you because obviously it has changed your world, and this blueprint has changed your world. How do you help clients um, with spiritual blueprinting? Mm-hmm. Give us just kind of yes. a little bit of a – if somebody wanted to hire you, how
0: would, how would you go about helping them? Well, I, I mentioned that I became very intuitive, and one of the mm-hmm. gifts that I received was the ability – to sense things. So I almost sense things in my body. I I kind of feel them almost. And I also hear things and kind of see things and whatever. But mostly I I kind of feel things. It's kind of a kinetic thing. And so when I work with people, I uh, now, of course, do mostly on Zoom. And I become like a mirror. And begin with a process of uh, making sure, you know, and affirming, almost like an Mm affirmative prayer, that we are open, ready, and willing, that only the highest good can happen, that we are receptive to, you know, guidance that's going to come forth. And so it's like opening myself through a form of prayer. And I become like a mirror and close my eyes and speak in first person because I'm like a mirror mm-hmm. and I reflect back to the individual and, and I, uh, my body goes into motion mm-hmm. and I assume different positions and motions and imagery that comes through, which is very wild. I mean, this is so unusual because I don't know of anybody else who does this, <laughs> but I go into most, and I used to call it dramatic intuitive healing, but it's, because it's all based on the blueprint, I call it spiritual blueprinting, but it is a form of dramatic intuitive healing. And the thing is, I am guided to reflect back exactly what's going on in the lives of of the people that I work with. It could be something from the past. It could be something from the present or even the future. And it could be a physical illness. It could be a uh, mental belief that is uh, blocking. It could be a spiritual issue or journey. You know, and with everybody, it's different. But what happens is, And I trust this implicitly, even though it's so far out, you know, it's really out there. Because when I work with somebody, the imagery that I receive, the words that I use, are so perfect. For instance, I was working with a gentleman, and all of a sudden, I am like playing an air piano. And talking about harmonies and disharmony and discord and all these musical things, and I and I paused and I looked up at him and I said, "Are you, you know, just?" I'm playing the piano here, you know. He says he was a classic musician, and I hmm. thought, well, "Isn't this perfect?" And then I was doing a healing. Um, a friend of mine's husband had a stroke, and he could not speak. He was very, very ill and probably was not going to make it. In fact, he died three months later. But she asked me if I would um, pray on behalf of her husband. And, you know, and what happened in that process was I spoke on his behalf. And he had a message for his wife and each of his three children and all his friends. And he talked about how we were all his dance partners, and how we had taught him new moves, and he had learned so much from us, and he and he uh, had learned how to, you know, move to the steps of life. Well, I didn't realize this, but he loved to dance, and so here he was giving us a message that was so perfect. And I've worked with people that have. I've had so many other issues and always something comes up. And usually healing always involves a shift in perception. It always boils yeah. down to that. And just like, um, uh, you know, we, when an issue is presented, like, like a sexual addiction or my addiction to chocolate or something, you know, um, it goes it's not just there it starts at a deeper level and healing has to occur at a deeper level so part of this process gets to the root cause and and brings it forth and sometimes mm-hmm. it is just such a powerful awareness moment that clarity brings forth a greater opportunity for healing and for us to let go of old emotional baggage and, and let go of old beliefs that no longer serve us and to see things through new eyes, things in a way that is positive and healing. And the other thing that I have learned is that as long as we continue to see ourselves as damaged, as uh, bad, as wrong, as whatever, uh, and continue to reinforce that, we will also never find healing. Because until we discover who we are, until we learn, you know, kind of discover our divine blueprint and, and realize that we are essence expressing here on earth and that Mm -hmm. we can bring our actions and our thoughts and beliefs and our feelings into alignment with our knowings and to the truth of our being, you know, bring them into alignment, then we will always uh, live in chaos and our lives will, will be, challenged because we're not doing what we know is uh, in our highest good and for the highest good mm-hmm. of the world so to speak So, but the healings that I do the, the um, spiritual blueprinting mm. is a powerful experience because we experience it and there's movement we feel it and I get my the clients to mirror my emotions and things so they can feel and experience and and repeat after me, you know, kind of really get into it. And so it's it's a powerful, life-changing kind of uh, experience. Well, I just think that sounds so –
2: I mean, obviously you have given us enough to um, (laughs) allow each person to explore – whether they want to have this transformation. So, first of all, mm-hmm. I want to know how can they get a hold of you?
0: Yes. Well, I have a website. It's called uh, drpamelagerali.com D R P A M E L A G E R A L I. Dot com, and on my website. Uh, the first thing you can do is to get a little more information about the blueprint. There's a free booklet. It's like 26 pages. It has a lot of really cool information. And um, you know, so that can give you a little better idea of what the blueprint is. And the, and there's a, a sample of just a really basic uh, chart of the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And then I have um, one of my pages under offerings is about spiritual blueprinting. There's a lot of information. You can sign up there, uh, schedule a time to spend with me right now. I, I have sessions. Uh, they're about an hour and a full hour. And I uh, offer them offering them at a discount right now, 127, something like that. So, but also, uh, at the end of the blueprint of the spiritual blueprinting session, everybody receives this beautiful blessing where they are affirmed, you know, they're their beloved children of God kind of a thing, but but more in their own words, something that is just powerfully affirming. And I think that is critical because if we want to get past the point where we are always an addict, and we keep saying, I'm an addict, um, we'll never heal completely. We'll never make that final shift where we move out of addiction into wholeness. And because we are spiritual energy beings, I believe that we are creating our lives every moment, every choice we make, We are creating our future, and everything that we focus on becomes manifest. It becomes more pronounced. If we focus on the negative, our lives will be filled with that. And so we can make with hope and trust and faith and love and grace, I believe that we can shift our lives and almost recreate ourselves in harmony with the truth of our being. So I did write a book recently.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I want to talk about your book (laughs) real quick. We have about two more minutes. One. Okay. okay. I want our listening audience to know, uh, and I looked at her website. It was very interesting. She has a small introduction into herself. You heard how you can check out kind of the blueprint, blueprint, and, um, go to doctor, which is D-R, Pamela Durale, and that's G-E-R-A-L-I.com. That's how you can get to her website. Now, your new yes. book, The Dance, Ego, and Essence, Confessions of the yes. Divine De- you wrote that book yes.
0: because... <laughs> Well, I had been sick, and I, when I felt better, I said, what am I supposed to do? You know, what project do I start on? And and the powers, the higher powers that these said, get up and write confessions for 40 days. And I thought, are you crazy? But I said, I asked for it, so I did it. And I didn't Mm -hmm. have any intention of sharing this because it is my journal. It is my personal experience. It is the most candid, radically honest document you'll probably ever read. But every day I came to my office and I would sit in the silence for about three to five minutes and a word would hit me. And the very first one was discipline. And I thought, oh, no, I hate that. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And I thought, there's my first confession. So I wrote about my experience as a child with discipline and how harsh it was and how my mother Mm -hmm. stood me in a corner. And when you're hyperactive, that's the worst possible thing ever. And how my death. It's in the corner of my office right now, you know, and I can see out the window, but I'm still in the corner. Obviously, it's not charged anymore. But every day, I saw how discipline on that first day was transformed into direction. Because when we take discipline and become self-disciplined, we can say no to certain things, so we can say yes to other things, so we can choose the direction of our lives. And how awesome is that? So discipline becomes direction. And the next day, the same thing for 40 days. And I created a companion journal for this called Embrace Your Divine Inner Diva. And I would encourage everybody to go through this because you will release more crap from your life. Because when it comes to the surface and you write it down and let it go and engage in something positive and affirming at the end of that process. And also I have meditations that, that go for each of those days that kind of bring, bring it into harmony as well as some other fun and joyful activities. There's this uh-huh. whole holistic process that parallels the blueprint structure also. But I would encourage everybody to cleanse their souls because you never know what you might discover that have been hidden down, that you've suppressed, that is contributing to continued fear, to addiction, to, you know, shame. Like I talked about the unholy trinity of guilt, shame, and fear that I was raised with. I mean, you can let it go. And it I was flying by the time I finished writing this, uh, doing this exercise and with my journal, because I had released so much more stuff that, that I felt so light. I was flying. I, it was such a gift and, and a huge, amazing experience that I would encourage everybody that is struggling with issues that are trying to uh, move forward and, have a positive uh, shift in their lives to go through that process because it will change your life.
2: Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. I mean, obviously, you're living proof that when you do this work, (laughs) it works. And I just appreciate your work to to share. We've got 60 seconds, so I need to end so I can talk to my listening audience about a couple of other things, but Dr. Jurelli, I yes. really think that you did such great work and you wrote this book and you've got this blueprint for anybody who wants to transform their life. Thanks again.
0: Thanks, exactly. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you. Blessings to your audience. Just may you all be richly blessed.
2: All right. And that was Dr. Pam Girelli. I know for some of you, that may have been, ooh, outside of your realm. But I'm telling you, it's very interesting stuff. And I am a believer. I'm a full-fledged Christian. I'm not mad at my religion in any way, shape, or form. But I am a believer that we have, our energy lives on. You know, it's called the soul. And our soul can evolve in a lot of different ways. All right, you're listening to Carol the Coach. And as I always say, there will only be one of you at all times who we have the courage to be yourself. Talk to you later.